On this final episode of AW360 for 2022, I speak with Peter Mason, CEO of Illuma. Peter walks me through the evolution of contextual targeting from static keywords to dynamic AI-driven behavioral signals that will help shape a post-ID world. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peter Mason, welcome to the AW360 podcast. Thank you very much. You're CEO of Illuma. Tell me about Illuma and what you do there. I yeah, I am indeed. So um, uh, Illuma Technology. So we started about sort of six or seven years ago, actually. So we're, we're sort of being talked about an awful lot all over the world recently because of cookie deprecation and the general sort of rise and in interest in, in um, new methods in contextual advertising. But we actually came into being actually quite a while before that and before GDPR and what we were looking at was actually bringing machine learning into um, the use of of contextual targeting. Um, specifically, prior to our arrival, people were using contextual in quite a basic way. So if you've got a tech brand, if you're Microsoft and you're trying to sell laptops, then obviously advertising against content about laptops is pretty logical and sensible. Um, so... Uh, but we were kind of trying to investigate. We were all very aware in the industry of the fact that there's lots of different types of content that might make people interested in, if we continue this this example, interested in the in the laptop. The problem is that often online browsing is with audiences is quite fluid and it's quite varied. Um, and what makes one person interested and suddenly pay attention to a laptop is it you know something about um children going to school or is it about business travel or you know all of those things could prompt you to be interested in the in the same laptop and contextually though it's very difficult to model so we started exploring ways that machine learning could solve that and essentially Illuma was was the business that was born out of that and we found ways of harnessing this sort of live fluid insight that you get from campaigns to you know to sort of further the contextual targeting um sort of paradigm really um, and obviously then GDPR came along, CCPA, the cookie conversation, and, and suddenly we we were in this wonderful place solving these problems with a, you know, a really sophisticated piece of tech. And, and I think the industry was also ready to to talk about machine learning and AI, which it wasn't when we first started. <laughs> um, we got a lot of blank faces in the uh, in the early days, but it just feels like everybody now is just embracing lots of new and different different things that you can do with some of these uh, these technologies. So yeah, exciting place to be at the moment, the Illuma. Sounds like it. You know, I think of contextual as just sort of keywords. So like laptop, you know, yep. is 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 a is a great example because for me personally, I'm actually shopping for a laptop these days. Um, but <laughs> how does you know take us through kind of the the evolution of contextual so that you know people like me understand, you know, it's not just laptop. It's a little bit more about me and maybe what I would need from a laptop. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's sort of and to just sort of say back to you, you know, in a slightly different way, what you've just presented there. It's um, yeah, it, it's essentially looking at um, sort of changing behaviors in this sort of subjective realm of what is it that makes you want to be interested in buying a particular laptop, and then working back up and out of that, mm -hmm. rather than trying to upfront sort of predict um, to specifically what kind of content um, is going to be most important because you often can't predict some of these things. It's just about reacting to um, information about what it is that's resonating when you see it. Um, so one of the areas, so as you, you touched on the point about keywords um, and 
Um, keywords have been, you know, around for, you know, almost as long as the internet, really. I mean, it's always been the way that people would qualify content. Um, but increasingly, people finding um, that it could it could sort of give back slightly um, misleading results. So if we use the laptop example, you know, there's loads of different types of, of content that might come back with keywords of the laptop. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's going to be specifically about the kind of content that you would want to be in. I'm talking about brand sort of safety. Mm -hmm. It's just that there can be pages that contain an awful lot of different pieces of information, different headlines and so on, which flag up lots and lots of keywords um, that suggest that that is the right environment for it. And that actually, when you look, open up these pages and look at them, you think, well, actually, no, that isn't really where I wanted to be. But the machines aren't great at, at really understanding the nuance of, of what context really means to a particular environment for an advertiser. So what a lot of companies have now done, and I think probably a lot of, of people listening to this podcast will be aware, you know, it's the, we all talk about this new thing called NLP, which is an enormous broad church of all sorts of different types of technology, and that's natural language processing. Um, and essentially the area that we're sort of building within that that sort of broad realm of NLP is in trying to understand more, a more sort of holistic 360 view of what a, a page of environment, or it could be increasingly now, of course, connected TV kind of content, you know, anything that, that can give you some sort of digital information. Um, and what it's trying to do is get a more granular kind of detailed view of what is a, a the right contextual environment so it will look at things like the sentiment of that particular page the um things called entities which is where it, we, we refer to that as people places and things and it's where the machine tries to say generally the sense of this is about you know the kardashians or it's about and you combine that information with things like page structure if we're talking about uh, website pages um and then also keywords so you then want and, and things are like article length and so there's all sorts of different pieces of information we have in excess of we have hundreds of different signals that come from a page that we process um using various nlp models and what that enables us to do richard really is just shift the um the, the sort of accuracy and and the valuable bits about you know whether that's the right place for advertising to sort of evolve that away from just using keywords which you know 10 12 years ago very very valuable very important the first step but one you know part of the the sort of first wave if you like of how context was being used whereas now it's much more nuanced much more um, intelligence based and in our case specific to campaigns and whether there's particular environments that resonate better or worse, you know, for a particular advertiser, things we call moments, mm -hmm. which is when is the right moment contextually for a for a brand to to be communicating. Interesting stuff. And so as we look at the eventual <laughs> sooner or later the cookie's gonna go away. What is the <laughs> yeah. what is what does the transition look like be from from you know a cookie-based world to a contextual targeting world? Yeah. So but this is it's a very interesting question. I think, you know, in this industry, we've always we've grown up in a world where you have very, very distinct silos. So essentially you say, well, um, certainly when I was coming into the industry sort of long time, 15, 20 years ago, you know, you had this audience targeting. That's cookies. Mm -hmm. And then you had contextual targeting. And that was where you targeted your ads to the contextual environment. The stuff we've just been talking about, laptop content, 
carries the laptop ad. And inside a lot of the sort of planning and buying machinery, the industry, you know, they, they were treated as entirely separate things. They were kind of, you know, these are two completely different types of strategy. The reality, though, when you're talking about human beings and you're saying, you know, where, where the, lad, <clears throat> the ads are going to land, essentially, so in front of people, context essentially drives everything. So the audiences themselves have often been curated and built. So the stuff we're using cookies on user journeys, behavior, sort of profiling around the web, driven by context. It's essentially saying if these people are interested in these types of content, we're going to put them in an audience bucket. Then we're going to be suddenly they they no longer have any you know reference point to contextual. Reality is though they kind of have done. That's how they've ended up in these segments. And similar with contextual, you know, obviously it's very obvious how context is part of that. But fundamentally, the piece that's going to go away when you think about what happens with cookies is the ability to follow people. So to be able to say we want to profile these people and we want to put them into these categories and we want to be able to then target them in the future. So what's kind of sweeping in behind, and it's not a direct like-for-like -like replacement, but in some situations, you know, some of it could be better even, which is you have to change. And this is where, where it's been a real pain point for the industry because we're talking about a large, very, very large industry trying to change wholesale, enormous, you know, components of its of its infrastructure and its processes. And that's, that takes time and it's difficult. And some businesses don't, don't make the shift. Um, but gradually, bit by bit, you're starting to see things really start to gather momentum where people are using cookie-less signals for behavior because those audiences were built on what's called behavioral targeting. So it's the way you're looking at this profiling and categorizing people. You can use behavioral insight um, from context without cookies. And that's very much the kind of realm that Illuma's in, which is looking at live behavior because live tells you something thing you know about the audience whether they're interacting with advertising potentially if you have that information and it is behavioral targeting it is basically saying we're using feedback loops from these campaigns what kind of context are working we're fluidly changing them based on where the audience is going and we're doing all of that stuff without using cookies and really that in itself is behavioral targeting and behavioral targeting always sat on the audience side um, with cookies so the language is kind of shifting from one side to the other, but the actual realities of what people are trying to do is they're trying to understand for the purposes of advertising what movements that people make around the internet, often driven by what kind of content that they're consuming, um, is still going to be possible. You just have to kind of think of looking at it in slightly different ways, which, as I say, sounds an awful lot easier than it is in the reality if you know some of these large organisations are already built around the infrastructure of, of audiences. The other thing that makes it a bit challenging is we, we've quite starved of vocabulary in this industry. <laughs> we kind of have <laughs> only a, a very small number of words to describe, particularly now and in the future, myriad different ways in which people are doing things. And you kind of, you find yourself kind of interchanging things. People have really sort of long memories, predefined ways of viewing things that that is, yeah taking time to thaw out and shift but but it is happening and as i say the, the cookie transition to something else will simply be people will look for different ways of interpreting behavior that don't need the cookie of old which was about tracking people over time and building a profile on them for use in the future 
It, it feels like, you know, on the consumer side of this, this has the potential to be a lot more, uh, for lack of a better word, and tasteful, I guess I, yeah. is probably the, the, the best way I could put it. I mean, just, just case in point, you know, over the weekend I was shopping for an electric guitar, and today I'm reading the news, and it's it's amazing how many, you know, horrific news stories I get from Ukraine We're sitting adjacent to you know, all these ads pitching me these electric guitars. And these are not worlds that, although I pay attention to both of them, they're not worlds that I necessarily want on the same page. Absolutely not. I know, and you've really hit the nail on the head there, Richard. I think, you know, it's been a very blunt tool, you know, a a lot of both audience and contextual to a degree. And it's meant that a lot of this kind of thing has been happening for as long as all of us in the industry can remember, really. Um, and you're absolutely right. By using a lot of these new methods and new technologies, they. For, it, I can speak obviously a lot about what we do, and ours is about getting a feedback loop from campaigns that comes through the platforms where people are running these ad campaigns. And it's essentially our models looking at what kind of environments are making is making the advertising work well. Mm-hmm. So you're working backwards from a good positive outcome. And essentially what that does is it has a natural um, drive away from places where it naturally filters out environments where things are, um, you know, less well received. Um, It's taking a degree of sensitivity towards, you know, is this the right environment? Is it working well for the audience? And actually, if it's, you know, what you were describing there is retargeting, where it was simply done on the basis that you've been looking at guitars before, and then they feel it's appropriate to sort of chase you around. And a lot of these (laughs) practices are thankfully being taken away and replaced with something, yeah, that that is more considerate. Um, It's trying to use technology to consider whether you're advertising at the right moment um for that particular person um which gets rid of you know naturally starts to as i say um take out some of those less um less sensitive really for yeah. want of a better word um ways of advertising and when it comes to omnichannel how mm-hmm. does contextual work within that environment or those environments i guess is probably a better way of putting it especially when it comes to you know i mean just at Advertising Week New York a few weeks back, you know, the hot topic really still is connected TV. And I think it's going to be, you know, for, for at least until yep. this metaverse thing takes off. You know? um, yes, exactly. But, but yeah. what, what does that look like in, in those environments? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, <clears throat> again, and, and probably because of how the industry is constructed, um, there's been a lot of emphasis put on can we take something that replaces cookies and apply them to CTV um, and in the, in the connected TV? And in, in the first instance, you know, we, we shouldn't necessarily be trying to look at, can we take an audience from this place and transfer it over to another place? It's, it's a useful component, but it isn't the only solution and contextual offers a different way of looking at that because when contextual information is available in connected TV, which increasingly it's starting to be surfaced um so prior to that you know tv generally was bought at a very crude level so it's kind of this is the network that you're buying from these are the you know it's really the time slots that you're buying and and that's essentially as far as it kind of went and there were interests on both sides in kind of maintaining that particularly on the side of the broadcasters sometimes but increasingly they're starting to realize that there is a lot of value in starting to come forward and presenting 
um, information about the specific areas on TV and in the specific ad breaks where your ads are going to be running. And there's quite a few pieces of um, research that have come out that show that, and this is quite common sense, but you know, it takes research as well to sort of validate that where people are starting to say, if you advertise in contextual relevance within a show, so you have a particular advertiser advertising, let's take the laptops as an example, inside a, um, to continue that one, you know, in a show that is talking about technology and tech, latest tech trends, guess what? You get a really good response to that. Now, that can also then be continued on to say, well, actually, there might be other places, there might be a travel show, and that might work really well for the laptop and so on. And the more and more that, information is being made available in the connected tv world you then to bring it back to your question you know you come into somewhere omni-channel which is if you're getting a feedback from your campaigns to say this really resonates in an area where you might have more data and information like the web you can apply that live and dynamically that insight that says look these kind of environments business travel going back to school um some laptop stuff is working really well for this whatever brand of laptop let's start moving that live and dynamically based purely on the context and contextual data around in connected tv and suddenly you're starting to say well actually can we extend that to audio and all it comes down to is do you have information that tells you about the contextual environment on that platform mm -hmm. be it connected tv or audio and then suddenly you can do all of the above using purely contextual methods. Is the AI analyzing the content that it is, the content environment that it's meant to be put in and then adjusting accordingly, or is it just providing feedback data on what that content is? So our, our business, if I talk about ourselves, so we came into being, um, as I say, so six, seven years ago, developing a piece of technology that, that was an insight project to uh -huh. begin with. So we were essentially working on behalf of agencies as a kind of sort of data science team that supported agencies and brands. And we originally produced a, an insight into campaigns. And we said, look, these are the kind of environments where people seem to be engaging most. And this was live insight. So it was basically tracking it every day. It showed you the changes of the campaign, because as we talked about before, Audiences are very fluid online and they change all the time. And, you know, it's, it's exactly what we know of how people browse the Internet. So we started to show people this live picture of what kind of content was working well in their campaign. So there was no targeting capability at that point. Mm -hmm. But what we started to think was, wouldn't it be incredible and incredibly powerful if we could turn this insight into a live targeting? The problem is, if you can imagine how many pages are being presented, you know, ads are being served all over the internet. It's very, very, very noisy. So you have to be able to filter out a lot of that noise. So there's a ton of processing of data. So if we go back 10 years, human beings used to do the insights for, for a campaign and they would say, here's all the different things that happen in the campaign. Here's what worked the best. And they would present that to their client. When we were showing them this live insight using some technology that we built, we're saying there's no way a human can process all that data, then not only process it, but actually react to it and start to power then, as we were thinking at this time, a targeting capability that could act so quickly that it could learn and activate in almost real time. And that's essentially what we use our machines for, our machine learning and our AI is essentially to do, and this is a kind of classical use case of AI, it's when it's trying to do something that human beings can't 
Because if we slowed this all down, a human being could do it. They could say, I'm going to analyze all these different pages. I'm going to try to find the ones that work well. I'm going to open up every page. I'm going to try and see if there's a, a pattern in sort of these different contexts that are working. Then I'm going to go to a library and I'm going to find lots of different kinds, similar content to this, and I'm going to start targeting it. But the AI is there to essentially do that very, very, very quickly, because that's what it needs to do in order to respond to audiences that are by nature quite fluid and moving and dynamic. I love this stuff. This is that's that's super fascinating. Um, last question, taking a look, say, five years into the future, where do you see the industry in terms of, you know, presumably we'll have finally transitioned away from the cookie, we'll have moved to contextual. Mm -hmm. What do you see are the challenges and the successes in, in five years time? That's a great question. I think probably and I think as, a, as an industry, we're always guilty, actually, of <laughs> talking a lot about things that actually take much longer to actually happen. <laughs> and, uh, I've been very guilty of it myself. And I've, I think anybody being in the industry long enough will remember the year of the mobile, which I think was 2004 and still continues to be this year is year of mobile. I think. <laughs> so it's sort of um, I think to, to be sort of modest and not to sort of you know, game changing visionary that some things will all of a sudden change because I don't think they will in a five year period. I think where we will have got to is and probably the biggest shift is, as you say, I think connected TV represents this frontier and you can kind of bring with that um, some of the order, you know, the other newer types of, of platform, things like audio and things. But the real red budget shifting is happening, obviously, with the TV and the two sort of lines of the curve that are going up obviously as adoption of connected tv is continuing to drive you know people transitioning over from from linear some of how you treat live television and obviously for context that's challenging um in terms of, i think it's already challenging for everybody anyway to deal with how you deal with live content still focused primarily on linear so i think in the next five years there'll be a lot of people starting to use connected tv more which means advertisers will start to become even more interested than they already are. I mean, there's obviously a ton of interest in that area. And I think what will come from that is what's currently being relatively slow, which is full opening of all of the broadcaster, um, you know, TV um, shows and streams and data sources, essentially. Um, because obviously we've seen a lot of them move away from the SVOD subscription model towards think, you know, people like Disney, Netflix towards an ad funded model. And I think the next five years will represent a, a maturing of these more sophisticated technologies in context on the web. And then this omni channel, which is what you talked about before is, OK, how can we now do something really clever with with moving across um, across platforms? Um, because it needs some things to happen, which is going to take really not months, but some years to really fully evolve, which is this full shift of the, the, the broadcasters and the actual end consumers as well towards these kind of platforms. And that will drive um, a new sort of even, you know, a, a wave of innovation, I think, that will match the hype at the moment that's around connected TV. I love that answer. It's it's a little conservative, but it's also realistic. So, <laughs> see, that, that's why I changed it. I used oh, to ask. I used to ask, what well, what's ten years down the road?" And people would get really bold. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna switch it to five because that's a, a little more realistic. Well, Peter, it's been wonderful having you on. Thanks so much for doing yeah, this. Pleasure, it's, absolute yeah. pleasure. Thank you for having me on. 
Thanks for listening. AW360 will return after the new year with more interviews and insights from the best and brightest in the industry. In the meantime, for more content like this, be sure to visit www.advertisingweek.com.